Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Seth and I are going to be at spring training starting Sunday night, but on the air starting Monday. And we're going to be going to all the games while we're there. It's going to be really good. We'll be doing all the clubhouse stuff that media members do. Adam Spillane is going to be going with us, so we'll be... We'll be uh, sending him over. He'll be going over to the facility for the early morning stuff and then checking back in with us. So we're going to have you covered on spring training um, come next week when we're down there. As far as spring training so far, I would say the big stories coming out of spring training so far. So let's go through these here. I, I would say, I would say um, first and foremost, the contract situations of certain players. And I said this last week, Seth, when Kyle Tucker – lost his arbitration case, and Corbin Burns, the ace of the Milwaukee staff, had lost his arbitration case over a significantly smaller amount of money. Now, granted, Burns is a former Cy Young winner, but Kyle Tucker's an all-star and a gold glove winner, and he wanted $7.5 million. Uh, the team offered up five. They went to arbitration. Kyle Tucker lost. Is Kyle Tucker mad about losing his arbitration case? Here was Kyle Tucker, who showed up this weekend at spring training on that topic. I mean, it's a little tough, um, just because you know you you know I've been here for a while now, and you know I come out, come in here every day, and you know put in the work, and you know try and you know have a lot of success to the team, and you know try and win you know championships and have success during the regular season playoffs and stuff. So you know it was a little tough in that aspect that you know you put in all that work and. You know, you, you value yourself, you know, a certain way, and the team values you know, yourself a little differently. But, um, you know, it's just all a part of the arbitration process and the business side of this. But you just got to, you know, respect the outcome of it now and, you know, just move on and go get ready for the season. The nice thing about rooting for a team, Seth, that has made many a deep playoff run and whose core players have all had big moments in the postseason, many big moments in the postseason, including Kyle Tucker, is that I have zero concern that his contractual situation is going to somehow affect his play. Right, the, right. These guys have been in the pressure cooker of pressure cookers for six straight uh, postseasons now. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I will say, honestly, and this is what's so great and what's so awful about the Major League Baseball arbitration system, I, I do – I was a little bit surprised by – how he did, he almost seemed uh, maybe a little bit rattled by the open honesty of the situation about how you got to sit up there and hear exactly why they don't think you're worth what you're saying you're worth and all of that. I, I think he'll be able to move beyond it. But I think that the one thing the arbitration system does is it's a really cool method for avoiding, you know, lockouts and holdouts in the short term. But I do think it it hardens some guys to the realities of the business side of things. You know, George, George Springer would be like the guy who might, might have been most susceptible in this world to like being loyal to his team or something, except he very early in his career saw the cruel hard business side when they messed with his service time. They waited to call him up his rookie year, what would have been his rookie year, just so that they got an extra year of service out of him. And he realized very early on, like, oh, okay, well, I see how it is. This is 100% of business. Um, I think that likewise with Kyle Tucker, you, you lose some of that ability to be like, hey, let's do it for the team. We're all in this together when you got to sit through that that ordeal yeah. of explaining to his face exactly why he's not worth that extra $2 million. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's an awkward process, no doubt about that. Here was Dusty Baker on his advice for Kyle Tucker and blocking out the contract extension talk. If you worry about the money that's coming – 
there's a good chance it'll never get there. I mean, you guys have waited on checks in the mail, right? Still waiting. So it's like, you just go play. You just play, uh, you know, do what you do best, enjoy what you're doing, and and the money will follow. And Dusty said that while sitting on a hill of flowers underneath a tree. Did you hear the birds chirping yeah, in the background? There's something about that. We don't pipe those in like the uh, like the Masters <laughs> no. tries to. Buddies. Do the birds chirping make you want to get to spring training even more right now? It does, and it also it, it makes it makes anything you say seem that much wiser. Yes. Have you seen a- <laughs> Ben? Can you Ben? Can you find some birds chirping and just randomly use them when I'm giving bad takes at some point? It happens you, a lot. So, Sean, have you ever seen the uh, the social media posts where there's like idyllic scenery of a misty waterfall and mountain imagery, and it's a guy in an Indian accent um, saying you know saying something kind of philosophic, and then it, at the very end he's like, sometimes you just have to say f it all, and, <laughs> and it's and it's a, it still works. Yeah, it still works because. Uh, because of all those surroundings, the ambiance of the whole thing. It's very yeah. peaceful. It really yeah. is. The birds it's chirping. A, and it does make me feel like that. he is exactly right. Yes. I'm going to be zen-like and just bleep it all today. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so as far as what Dusty's saying there, look, again, I'm not worried about Kyle Tucker. McLean and I were talking about this on our podcast yesterday, Seth. The Utopia Football Podcast, which was pretty much all about baseball yesterday, because John is actually at spring training as well right now. He, he's been covering it pretty hardcore this and we were talking through the Kyle Tucker thing, and I arrived at this. This is where I wonder. This is where I wonder if the Astros getting such a good deal on Jordan Alvarez kind of comes back to bite them a little bit. And, and yeah. let me explain. Um, they got a really good deal on Jordan. Jordan. They're under twenty million a year for the next six years on Jordan Alvarez. Great deal. Jordan's an adult. He's a big boy. He signed it, and now he's going to play under that contract. And I would he's got that all guaranteed if he gets it. For a guy with injury history especially. That's like a good right point. Right now it looks like an awesome deal for the Astros. If, if, if his injuries mount up, then yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But my guess is Kyle Tucker, who's been a rock in terms of durability. He's not as good a player as Jordan. Probably has more tools in his bag than Jordan, but Jordan's superhero power is elite, elite. He's a game wrecker at the plate. He wins games for you with a swing of the bat. Um, I wonder if Kyle Tucker's like, well, I'm not taking a Jordan deal. And the Astros are like, well, Jordan's a better overall player than you right now. Right. The right. optics and what discord that might cause if literally within a few months of Jordan signing that deal, all of a sudden Kyle Tucker gets, because Jordan is six years, 119 or 115 million. Yeah. All of a sudden Kyle Tucker, who's not as good as Jordan, gets six years, 140. You know what's, uh, you know what's interesting I don't know. With baseball, there doesn't typically seem to be that same level of drama. You don't hear reports of it necessarily that you might in basketball or football when a guy feel like feels like his teammate is getting preferential treatment or something. Um, and maybe it's just because it's the nature of the game where your individual performance is your individual. You don't rely as much on the performance of your teammates as you do in those other sports. Not in the other sports, right? Yeah, so not like as much. Even if, yeah. even if you feel like the contracts aren't right, you're still putting your best work out there, and it's not like you're also getting buried in the press clippings or anything because of preferential treatment but i do wonder at some point god i hope not um so far baseball hasn't succumbed to uh the guys who are perpetual free agents you know like kevin durant or whoever else can just force themselves out of wherever they yeah. are at any given time yeah um football it's turned into that with quarterbacks certainly it took aaron Rodgers a year but he's ultimately forcing himself 
Actually, no, he was able to – he had the option to leave last year. So he, he forced his way out and decided to stay put last year. Um, I, we don't see that with baseball as much. So I guess I don't worry about that potential disparity in contracts or something. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a good point. Um, Altuve is the next contract, as long as we're talking. contracts. To me, the contracts have been the big topic. The contracts and the rules changes and the effect on guys – Altuve, though, did arrive at camp this week, and he reacted to what GM Dana Brown said. GM Dana Brown wants to make sure that Jose Altuve remains an Astro for the rest of his career. Here's Altuve's reactions. I like when he said that, obviously. You know, I have been all my career here, and I hope to to retire here. So I think we are on the same page. Yeah, happy to, to play with my teammates and do so with my fans, like I always say. So, and, and that's the one... Of all the contract situations, Seth, that are still up in the air to some degree, yeah. the one I feel most comfortable about, because it's Altuve, they're working on a Bregman extension, they're working on a, presumably working on a Fromber extension, and presumably still working with Kyle Tucker on something. Eventually, Jeremy Pena will be in conversations like this. The one I feel most confident in, because of both sides, the Altuve side and the Astros, particularly Jim Crane, is that yeah. Jose Altuve is never going to wear another uniform. Like, that's the one. If I had to bet on one, I would bet Jose Altuve is an Astro for life. Yeah, and uh, you almost uh, almost commit to that right now that maybe you're going to have a couple wasted years at the end of his deal. But, you know, reconcile it with, like, for the most part, he's played. He's, he's with, he has an agent in Scott Boris who loves his guys to go push free agency. He's signed. He's re-signed early a couple times now. And you've got him at a relative discount. You've had him for the most part of his whole career. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd be surprised, too, if he does go else. If he does, it's going to be a couple of, like, Jerry Rice type years. Yeah. Like, very few people remember that Jerry Rice was in Seattle for a season. You yeah. know? Yeah. Some people remember he was with the Raiders just because the Raiders are a bigger deal. But very few people even remember the Seattle saga. Yes. No, you're right about that. Um, of those situations – Contractually, that we just listed: Altuve, Bregman, Fromber, Kyle Tucker, eventually yeah. Pena. You know, Pe- yeah. by then Pena's probably still off the grid a little bit for them. Maybe who knows? Which one concerns you the most out of all those? I think because uh, they probably can't keep them all. You know what I, I mean? Th- I think Kyle Tucker ultimately. No doubt, that's the one that's going to roll up on you like a Correa all of a sudden, and you realize that okay, if they. If they have a replacement there, you know, it worked out great with Pena this year because he had an easy and ready, and they knew about him. They the the organization had been excited about Pena for a couple years. You know, that was that was what I think was hard to grasp at the moment when the team was playing hardball with Carlos Correa was just how good and justifiably so they felt about Jeremy Pena. So. Right now, it's hard to envision. Okay, they'd be okay letting Kyle Tucker walk because look. But I feel I don't know. I'm going to be such a bastard sports fan here. Um, I I do. I am at that point where I'm like, okay, that's awesome that Dana Brown wants to keep everybody around. But like, you got you can't be stupid about it. At some point, no. we got to let one of these guys go, right? Yeah. As long as you're if you're still developing guys from underneath and and you're pushing them out there, then yeah, you're going to have to say goodbye to a Verlander or Correa, a George Springer, a uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, like uh, you're going to have to say goodbye to these guys along the way. Yeah. At some point, just maybe not at such a breakneck speed. I think you nailed the one that is going to be the one. I think Kyle Tucker, I think, is going to make the decision for the organization. If I had to bet, I don't think he's signing an early extension. I think he's going to keep playing. I think he'll keep playing at a high level he may get to an mvp level at some point yeah and then he'll really put the pressure on the astros come 2025 you know what i'm worried about sean who 
the uh, this Svelte almost looks like Mark Schlereth after Mark Schlereth lost all his offensive line weight, Martin Maldonado. Because uh, Maldonado, Maldonado, looking like uh, he looks like a, like a position play. He looks like a shortstop. He's uh, he's very very fit, and uh, he admits that his feelings. He said he was a little sad that the Astros were going after Wilson Contreras, but it acknowledged that hey, Contreras is the best guy out there. But I do, I think maybe him being a little bit sad about it got him to come back as a different guy. Like, Maybe. it was a little bit of a kick in the butt in the right direction. We've, that might have been uh, – you might see a rejuvenated Martin Maldonado. We've now had multiple angles of Martin Maldonado shot in video and photo at, yeah. tra- at spring training, and there's nothing phony about this weight loss of his. He is significantly lighter this year. Yeah. I don't know it's how I feel uh, about it. it. Oh, totally. yeah. He, he, he just cut out junk food. Was yeah, the thing. yeah. Sometimes, okay, this is where, because you know I'm often skeptical of athletes losing weight and expecting it to be like a huge revelation. It feels like more times than not, the guy was probably already at his best playing weight, and then he either bulked up or, you know, if it's a 22-year-old and he's gaining weight, that just happens naturally as they're working out. Um, but when a veteran player tries to change his body weight, sometimes it's, it's not all that great. The fact that all that Maldonado did was cut out soda and stuff, stuff that actually might be hurting his performance anyway, aside from the extra body weight, then um, I, I, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I think that, especially this year, these pizza box-sized plates that they've got out there to increase the – to increase the prevalence of stealing, to make it more appetizing to steal, they made the bases look like actual pizza boxes, and they're encouraging you to go ahead and steal one. Um, Martin Maldonado might put the old machete at, uh, really into use this It's year. a great – well, that and plus the pitcher's only being allowed two throws over to first base. Yeah. You know, Martin yeah. Maldonado's right arm might become an extremely valuable commodity for this team now. That's going to be the biggest – I, that's the biggest wild card in all of this because I know they've experimented with the rules changes a lot. The pitch clock is going to cut time off the game. It flat out is. They've done enough of this experimentation in the minors to know to have a pretty good idea oh, yeah. of how it's going to go. Half hour, so yeah. It's going to cut time off. Um, it's not quite as strict as they've done in a lot of the, the minor leagues, but still, they, they've got a good feel for it. A lot of the guys in the league right now have played with a pitch clock because they've done it in the minors. Um, I, I think that putting... But then put and they've done the bigger base experiment too. But doing it with major league pitchers and you know major league base runners, I feel like that's still a while. And especially catchers that are willing to uh, willing and able to gun you down. Um, that's the big wild card. Is just exactly what that's going to look like. Um, speaking of pictures from training camp, uh, yeah. have you seen the pictures of Jeremy Pena? It's, uh, it's I keep saying training camp, spring training. Um, have you seen the pictures of Jeremy Pena? Uh, I have, but I hadn't noticed anything notable. What did I miss? The, there's a particular picture that got sent to me um, by um, by a couple of listeners. Uh, the biceps on Jeremy Pena. Oh, all right. And yeah. and, and McLean actually tweeted about this yesterday. Uh, yesterday yeah. morning at batting practice, uh, McLean, John McLean, who's at spring training, he'll join us tomorrow at eight o'clock. Uh, during batting practice today, this is McLean's tweet. During batting, batting practice today, nobody launched home runs like Jeremy Pena. He was hitting bombs to all fields. Pena is a weightlifter who wouldn't be out of place in the Texans' locker room. He's yeah. built like a strong safety. Yeah, um, Michael Schwab had posted a picture that uh, where basically Pena was leaning against his bat at the batting cages, just barely, like, so his, his – 
hand was in the position, like the bottom position of a triceps pushdown. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it looks like he's doing a triceps pushdown. I guess I just, I didn't know, I didn't think that was necessarily notable because he's been jacked for a while now. It's just you don't always see the base, you know, when you don't see baseball players in their tight Under Armour stuff, uh, you know, and they're not in their big baggy jersey, sometimes it's kind of shocking. Like when people say Altuve with his shirt off, they're like, oh, I thought he was a little pudgy dude. Yeah, like, no, no he's, he's shredded. Jacked. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I guess, uh, is he any bigger than he was last year? I don't, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just going off of one picture and what McLean yeah. said. Like, to me, to me, the thing that was pretty cool about McLean's tweet was he was putting on a show in, in batting practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I know it's batting practice. Well, but, okay. He made that little adjustment to his swing last year yeah. in September, and he started being able to hit the breaking ball. And it ball. worked. Yeah, and it worked really well. And now he's had a whole off season with yep. it. Yep. So what's it going to look like if he owns the breaking ball and already has all that power and maybe a little less uncertainty because he's because he's at, he's going to be more confident at the plate? Yeah, this could end up being uh, – boy, I, okay, that's something I'm really excited about is you forget because he had such a good playoffs, you forget that – he, it wasn't a truly awesome rookie year because he he was in such a lull from the All Star break through through mid to late September. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough that, summer. <laughs> yeah, I you know what I really haven't allowed myself to get a hundred percent excited about that that we still haven't seen the best of Jeremy Payne. Yet. Yeah, yeah, no, this okay. this could be a whole lot of fun, man. This could be. I, I, look, I, he's. Uh, Jeremy Pena is a really good player, and at this point, so is Carlos Correa. I would take Jeremy Pena at this point. I take the upside. And the age and the well, salary of Pena that, for sure. <laughs> especially now that you know that Correa's got some kind of yeah. deformity. Yeah, they might have to leg. amputate his leg at the age of 32 or something like that. I don't know. I, I may be exaggerating <laughs> like a little he's bit. He's got advanced type 2 diabetes or something. What the hell's <laughs> right, going on right. with Carlos Correa's lower limbs? First person yeah. to ever play shortstop from a wheelchair, Carlos Correa. 